Hello, everyone. Welcome to 3Q, New Mexico's business podcast. We're excited to be back here with you in 2024. This is our first live podcast for this year. Um, I'm Pam Myers, your host, and my wonderful co-host is the fabulous... Fabulous. Erica Yoakum. Yeah. <laughs> um, for those of you who may not be aware, 3Q launched in March of 2020. Um, it was a brainchild of Erica and mine to be able to give business owners in New Mexico a voice during the pandemic. And it has been so successful that we have just kept it up. And if you are a business owner in New Mexico, we would love to help share your story, give you a voice on our podcast. It's completely free. We have um, over 4,000 subscribers within the state and one out of state. <laughs> so we appreciate <laughs> and thank no all mom. of you. No. <laughs> all right. Maybe. <laughs> and appreciate all of our um, subscribers and our listeners. And today, uh, our guest today is Garrett Peck. Garrett is out of Santa Fe, New Mexico. And I just want to read his um intro on his Facebook page, because I think it's pretty, um, it's, it sounds pretty great. So he is the chief scribe and author. He's an author, historian, and tour guide, tour guide and facilitator at Garrett Peck Walking Tours. He was a validation officer at CAF America, a former analyst relations at Verizon Enterprise Solutions, a former market intelligence analyst at Verizon Enterprise Solutions, former military field artillery officer in the United what? States Army. He studied at George Washington University. He is from Sacramento, California, and currently lives in Santa Fe, New Mexico. So with that, welcome, Garrett. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Pam. Wow. Thank you, Erica. Appreciate it. Yeah, your, your background sounds like mine. Like I, I look through my LinkedIn profile and I go, it looks like I have trouble picking one topic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I often tell people that you know your life is is kind of like a book, right? And that book is going to have a bunch of chapters in it, and whether right. it's relationships, your education, schooling, career, you know, there's lots of different things. You you close one chapter and open up another one, you know. Yeah, I've been a DJ, I've been a, a ranger, I've been, you know, so it's, and that trying to pass that on to my kids too, like, it's the days of being in one job your whole life, and then retiring with a pension and a gold pocket watch are gone. Gone, right. gone. So, um, and, you know, I've tried to, even if you go through college for one thing and you come out and you go, yeah, I don't really like that. I don't ever want my kids to feel like they're locked into. Right one thing for their whole life. Exactly. Mm -hmm. so. In, instead, it's a, I encourage people, you know, treat life as discovery, that yeah. finding things you enjoy doing that are meaningful to you and meaningful to your community as well. And, you know, I'm not done. You know, I got so many more things to go discover and do and, and right. so on. And it's, you know, it's a wonderful place to be here in New Mexico for that. Yeah, we are, yeah especially like looking at your tours. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. You're, you're doing some serious walking around and stuff, but very cool stuff. Keeps you in shape too, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. There is that. Yeah. 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 And so you do all kinds of walking tours, and you are working on a book, but you've also authored other books, correct? Yeah, I, I write about American history. 
And so I've done eight books so far, working on number nine right now, wow. which is about Willa Cather, the author uh, best known for her Nebraska trilogy, uh, Prairie Trilogy. But she wrote a really uh, insightful novel about Santa Fe called Death Comes from the Archbishop, which came out in 1927. Mm-hmm. And wow. I first visited New Mexico in 1998 and with my mom, and she made me read this novel before I came <laughs> here. And I just fell in love with Santa Fe, fell in love with Cather. And um, I've got a Cather walking tour of Santa Fe <laughs> and also writing a book about how Cather wrote Death Comes from the Archbishop, which I hope to have out in 2025. Wow. Nice. Thanks, that, Mom. Yeah, right. Yeah, Thanks, Mom. Don't tell her, but I'm dedicating the book to her. So oh, oh. that's our secret. Yeah, 4,000 people. But hey, yeah, it's a secret. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, through all of this, I mean, what were you doing in 2020? What were you still corporate or had you gone non-corporate? Um, yeah. I, I was already non-corporate. I had taken after being in telecom for 24 years. I started off in MCI. The best oh my god, ever. you're old. Wow. Yeah, right? I know, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know what that is, MCI. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, almost 56. Um, I uh, started off in MCI back in the mid nineties, best company I've ever worked for besides my own company, of course. But, uh, (laughs) uh, and then we got bought by WorldCom, which was a disaster. You know, we ended up in in bankruptcy and and so on, just over corporate greed over the shareholder value. And, um, and then Verizon bought us out of bankruptcy. So I worked there for a long time and I took a buyout back in 2019. So, and have not looked back, sort of shut that chapter. You saved that off, didn't you? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and I've been a full-time tour guide ever since. Um, it was really good that first year. And then, of course, COVID hit. And right. at that point, then, a friend of mine who was running this nonprofit called the Charities Aid Foundation America, or CAF America, then offered me a job. And I, I worked there part-time, kind of helps fill in the gaps. Like, tourism goes dormant in January and February. And it's, you know, you still got to pay the bills. So so I've, I kind of held on to that job here and do a little bit of work here and there. And we do some good in the world. And uh, nice. yeah, you got to first and foremost, you do have to pay the bills. You got to have yeah. health care and all that. So yeah. So far. I haven't yeah. figured out a way around it yet, but. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's those patch out lottery tickets aren't working yet, you know. Yeah. 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 Not me yeah. either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course, you have to buy them to actually. Well, that's true. Right. I'm like, I am standing at the cashier going, beer, tickets, beer, tickets. Mm-hmm. Beer. <laughs> I'll take the beer. I know it's just going to happen with the beer. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. So how many? So, oh, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead, Erica. I was going to say, so you got out like uh, in 2020, were you like, were, were you doing the, the, um, I'm not corporate snicker? Were you like, oh, got out like just in time? <laughs> <laughs> not really. I've, I've never, I've never yeah, carried a sense of schadenfreude. It was just a great opportunity with this buyout that Verizon offered. And traditionally, you know, much in corporate America, every year around Christmas time or so, they always lay people off mm-hmm. you know, because they want to balance the books to get ready for the first quarter of the next year. Yeah. And in this case, we had a new CEO came in who was Swedish, and he was like, let's try something different. And so they put together a, a, a large package. It was really, really good, a, basically a big carrot to try to get some of the more senior workers to, to entice to get some of us to leave. You know, So mm-hmm. I looked at that and was like, hmm, okay, well. I've always dreamed of being a full-time tour guide and, you know, and now I am. So wow. <laughs> it was a good deal. And then moved to Santa Fe here uh, a couple of years ago, three years ago almost. And 
This is wow. my final destination. I love it here. It's so much fun. Yeah. Well, wow. coming from Sac, I mean, it's dry there. So were you, was that where you lived before you came here? Or? Born and raised in Sacramento, but I spent 27 years in the D.C. area. So ah. grad school and then <laughs> so, working in telecom. So I don't miss Really dry here. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I like it. <laughs> never got used to the humidity on the East Coast. Oh, so disgusting. But mm -hmm. <laughs> by the way, D.C. is a great city. I really, really loved it. Yeah. No, the city was never built on a swamp. That's all mythology. There's no swamp there. Never was. No, no. I wouldn't yeah. think so that far north. Yeah. No, but yeah. yeah, but it is hot and sticky. I think they call it that because of the denizens of the buildings. Necessarily <laughs> right. ground. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about talk a, a bit about the tours that you do of Santa Fe because you do more than one tour. You do different kinds, right? Yeah, I've got a, a large portfolio of tours, which I like it that way. It keeps me active. I think if I were docent at a museum, I would get bored really fast saying the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. So I've got I've created about 30 different tours plus excursions in my tour guide career. And it keeps you really mentally sharp because you got to be on it all the time and always also always have to know where the bathrooms are because <laughs> that's, that's a key thing as a tour guide. People are like, where's the bathroom? You know. Um, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I've got a basic, you know, Santa Fe walking tour for people who just arrived. And these are, by the way, all small group or two people, you know, husband and wife or two wives or, you know, whatever. Because right. um, that way it's very conversational. People in, I really like it that way versus, say, a bus driving up. We, we do a step on tour. A step on tour is where you step on the bus and narrate with a microphone. And oh, it's not yeah. as intimate. And you're driving around pointing at stuff. Hey, here's there, here's that, here's this. And, you know, it's not really a conversation about history. Mm -hmm. And New Mexico, our history is rich and complicated. And so being able to cover these different nuances and discuss them with different people, I think is really important and leads to deeper understanding for our guests here about our state and about our city. So I think that's really, really important. Um, yeah, I also do the rail yard. I do Prohibition, Willa Cather. I've got a queer Santa Fe tour that I set up for Pride a couple of years ago. I teach stargazing, a bunch of other different stuff. It keeps yeah. me busy. I love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you live a bit in Ebola, so I'm looking at your site. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet there are even things that would surprise people that are not new coming to Santa Fe, travelers that maybe have been there a bunch um, or even live in the area that they would pick up information from some of your tours, would you say? Oh, oh, totally. I mean, it's 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 endless. I mean, the amount of of discovery we have here, you'll never reach the bottom of it all, which is really, really amazing. I mean, people have been here in New Mexico. Well, what's now New Mexico for 25,000 plus years. Mm -hmm. So it's a rich, rich history. Hispanics have been here for 400 plus years. White people have been here for over two centuries. You know, it's it's long. It's complicated. And, you know, we're we're deeply, deeply multicultural. Mm -hmm. And so I oftentimes describe history like an onion. And of course, what mm -hmm. does an onion have? Layers to it. You keep peeling the back and you discover there's more layers to it. Also, an onion can make you cry because sometimes history is has its tragedies mm -hmm. to it. So yeah. um, that's my metaphor that I oftentimes use. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. So we did the we did the tour of um in in um Albuquerque of Old Town and like learned about how like old town got moved because of flood and you know there's floods and fires and you know death and destruction and why are the little portholes in the top of the that's for guns and things like that and mm -hmm. you walk around with a whole different appreciation right. of of where you're standing when you start thinking about that 
that kind of right. stuff. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the colonists who came up there and eventually allied together with the different pueblos, but you know, they they were on the frontier and it was dangerous, and you know, you had to protect yourself and so on. It's kind of yeah. interesting. Albuquerque is about the same age as New Orleans is, you know. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. The early, both early uh, early seventeen hundred cities, and people, well, especially Europeans, they talk about the United States. They're like, "Yeah, you have nothing old in the U.S." And I'm like, "Excuse me? Yeah, <laughs> go to Acoma Pueblo, go to Taos, you know? Right? Well, yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, but you know, when you're standing in London and everything around you is a thousand plus years old, yeah, yeah they get a little potty about I know, right? but, you know, but, oh you punk kids over there at three no, four hundred years old so right, right but well then you can tell them well you need to go to chaco yeah right you know, right. Or, you know those all really old footprints they found yeah that was the you know right here yeah, down exactly. here so, yeah yeah, old footprints. yeah. So it's sort of challenging this especially in, in my catheter book um so much of what we have here in new mexico is what i call perspective you know we have we're so multicultural so everyone has a different perspective on the world, which is another way of saying we have our different biases about things, different way of looking things. Mm -hmm. One thing I'm challenging <laughs> is this notion of like, quote, the new world. Like, what is so new about our continent? Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Same thing like for, you know, old Europe. I'm like, what's so old about that? Nothing, right? Yeah. These are outdated perspectives. You know, new world is an outdated European mm -hmm. perspective of the Americas and old Europe is an outdated American perspective about, you know, the, the home country where many of us, our ancestors came from and so on. Yeah. We're both equally old, you know, so <laughs> it was not forget there were all kinds of people who already lived here before European settlers arrived, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. And that is definitely something that we were not taught kids. You know, when I, 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 I talk about, because I homeschooled my kids. And so we, we, do, we dove into history differently than I was ever taught. Mine was always that sterilized. The Puritans showed up. And they saved the Indians and they had this great dinner and, you know, this type of stuff. And it wasn't until later on, they were like, wait, wait, plague blankets. What? Like what? What? Right. What? You know, exactly, they, yeah. you know, Eric, Eric the Red was here like 2000 years ago, you know, whatever, whatever it was, mm -hmm. a huge amount of time before anybody else was. Yeah. Columbus got here by mistake, which is my personal favorite. Like he'd talk about taking a left turn at Albuquerque, right? He was, I don't, he was like <laughs> off looking for stuff and wound up here and went, Hey, <laughs> we should have made that left point in Albuquerque. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah, we, were, we, we got such a sanitized history. Mm -hmm. I think it's, that's one of the cool things that I've noticed in the last even 20 years is that people mm -hmm. are going, it's okay that it's that we tell both sides of it. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to, they're already dead. We're not going to kill them again. If yeah. we tell the right story, the whole story, mm -hmm. or closer to the truth, then, you know. Yeah. And I think it's something, especially since the year 2000, I'd say in the last two decades, historians have gotten better about writing history that's more inclusive. Right. More and more of us are asking this question, okay, whose story have we left out? And, right. and part of that's the, the yeah, as, as someone who's always into discovery and exploring and so on, you're uncovering new stories and that's what historians want to do right we want to like be able to tell a new story about things and so oftentimes our country has been written from a white english immigrant perspective etc which is valid but we also have other perspectives as well as well there's women's history there's indigenous history we forget that the spanish were here almost a century before the english ever got here right you know, in santa fe right. 1610 that's three years after jamestown you know 
So they were up here for a long time here in, you know, right. in, in Spanish conquered Mexico in 1519, 1521, you know. So there's always more to unpack, you know, and I, I'm glad to see more historians are realizing this and writing more inclusive stories about that, you know, because that's representation does count. And realizing there's just, not just one perspective, but multiple perspectives that are all valid, you know. Correct. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I, I love having conversations with you and highly encourage everyone to sign up for one of Garrett's walking tours because you're a walking encyclopedia and you're a great to storyteller. Thank you. Thank you, Pam. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the most important part because, you know, if you right. go on a tour with somebody goes, yeah, that's blue. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's all storytelling at the, at, the, at the end of the day, right? If you right. read the newspaper, read an article, it's a story. Um, right. Watch The Late Show. They're telling you a story. You know, watch the right. news. Yep. Come on one of my tours. I'm going to tell you a story about our history. Yep. Uh, hopefully that you'll hopefully better remember than if I just list out a whole bunch of dates, et cetera, that you won't re remember or recall or, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Is there one tidbit of um, information you want to leave our listeners with? Um, one, oh man, I've got a thousand, you know, but or, or the <laughs> what's the juiciest thing you ever learned about New Mexico? Like oh. that made you go, oh, oh, um, juiciest. Um, I'm gonna have to think about that for, for a few minutes. Sorry. Yeah. I've always though, like been the historian. Yeah. Right, right. Right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> the, I guess some of the surprises that I've had here over, over the years, um, we have places that are super, super popular among our visitors for, for good reason, like Bandelier is super, super popular. But like when Bandelier gets really crowded, just go 10 minutes to the north, maybe 15 minutes to Puyay Cliff Dwellings. It's amazing. All the guides there are from Santa Clara Pueblo, and it's an amazing intact cliff dwelling site. It's super, super cool, and it's never crowded, which is really oh, wow. neat. Oh, wow. I've never even heard of that one. Yeah, yeah. I haven't either. Great yeah, tip. Puyay, P U. P-U-Y-E, Puye. Okay. And it's a phenomenal site. It's really, really cool. Oh, we'll have and to learn more about the ancestral out. Puebloans and you know how, after they migrated away from Mesa Verde and, and came here and how they relocated to these mesas and eventually they had to come down to the river yeah. during a big drought and so on. So that site is intact. It's amazing. And the Pueblo owns it. Wow. That's so very really, cool. really cool. I, I yeah. highly recommend that place. And it's never crowded because most people don't know about it. Can it's you just go there or do you have to have like a reservation in advance or something or um you can make a reservation um but go on the website go to your website. To see what their opening hours and so on they're not oh, always yeah. open, you know, closed days and whatnot so but um there's so many things like that in our state and we're a low population state which i kind of like so oh, yeah. uh, so we can do so many things here like going hiking uh skiing except for two weeks during the winter when uh, much of the state of texas is here <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> They're a big part of our economy. It's important. I'm not busting on Texas. But for the most part, you can go hiking and it's never crowded. You might see five other people. It's incredible. And coming from California, you know, we get a little spoiled here. Um, same thing in Colorado, you go up there and anywhere in the I-70 corridor, you know, adjacent to Denver, it's mobbed with people. And we don't have that problem here. I can take people up to Bandelier or up to the caldera and so on and you see five other people it's yeah. just absolutely wonderful for that to be able to really experience the place without experiencing over tourism right which is becoming a major global issue 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm so I'm I'm uh, Northern California, Santa Rosa, California is where I'm from. So hello. (laughs) And and went to moved to Denver. Was in Denver for seven years, and then we got we got kind of forced to come down to New Mexico. And I was like, oh my god, armpit of the universe, belly button of the world. What am I going to do? And then I, and but I think a lot of people think like that because that's in the press. Like, oh my god, New Mexico, don't park your car. Don't, you know, there's like all the, there's a very kind of negative connotation. So people don't think to come here, but then you come here and like, I got here and we went to old town for the first time. And I had little kids at the time and we went trick or treating in old town. And I was blown away by not only the people, but the whole concept of, of treating the kids so well, you know, like shutting off the whole thing so that kids could be safe and have this great, you know, thing. it was just it was so welcoming and warm and everything. I was totally surprised yeah. to start liking New Mexico. Yeah, we, we we have a magical state. We really really yeah, do. I love it here. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's pretty, yeah. and it's full of secrets. I tell mm-hmm. people that all the time. Like you you drive down a street and you have no idea the street behind it looks entirely different. And mm-hmm. it's behind that completely mm-hmm. different. You you just you drive through these little pockets of places and suddenly you're standing in front of something like I just had this happen to me. I was, I went to um, an, a restaurant over off of central and I came out of the restaurant. I made a wrong turn and I wound up at the press club, which I tell <laughs> Pam about this. That's a big effing log cabin in the middle of Albuquerque that I had never seen before. And I literally was parked next to it, looking up at it going, where the hell did that come from? <laughs> driven past on on i-25 and never seen it noticed it the trees are so thick you don't really see it right stuff like that happens all the time in new mexico yeah every day is an adventure here it really is yeah yeah i love it here we're glad you're here yeah thank you (laughs) it's gonna figure out what to do with the ashes when i'm done with them you know but yeah Yeah. Well, we're not going to go there. Someday, it's a reality, right? but, you know. <laughs> Unless you do the tree thing, you get buried under a tree, which ooks me out. But apparently, yeah, that's yeah. a thing now. Yeah. There's all kinds of interesting, whatever. And in New Mexico, you can you can bury your family on your property if you are outside, like Bernalillo County. Hmm. Everybody else, so you can so you could have your family graveyard on your property. Hmm. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with the scattering of ashes. Yes. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> Man, me too. Yeah. 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 Well, Jared, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. I'm putting your site back up here. So it's garrettpeck.com. Two R's, two T's. Because exactly. I misspelled yeah. it the first time. Garrettpeck.com. Great stuff. There's great uh, descriptions of all your tours and pictures and things like that. And all of your books. Holy cow, dude. No, thanks. <laughs> and I've got a contact me I feature here as well. So in case you will ever want to go on a tour or, or if you have like corporate retreat or something and you want to do something here with your group, um, a, a popular thing to do is stargazing. And there's lots of good places to go here. For example, the Galisteo Basin, where it's pitch black and it's a great spot and very conveniently located to both Albuquerque and Santa Fe. So one more place to discover here in our great state. Yep. We have so many things. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, Thank for listening. You. Thanks, Garrett. Thanks, Erica. Thanks. Thanks so much, everyone. Have a great time.